0: It doesn't mean that you throw the baby out with the bathwater and, and it's not Christian to vote, or it is Christian to vote. That's the point. The point is, what are you doing when it's not November? What are you doing when the polls are closed? You know? Hey, Pantry Fam. Are you looking for more faith-based podcasts but you don't know where to go? The Access More Podcast Network has over 40 shows on topics like faith, culture, family, and entertainment and offers a safe space to discover inspiring conversations. So if you're a fan of this show, you're gonna find encouragement, hope, and joy from other podcasts on Access More. Start listening today at accessmore.com. What is Christian nationalism? And is Christian nationalism biblical? That is what we're talking about today.
1: And it's gonna be an interesting episode, to say (laughs) the least. Hey, welcome to the Pantry Podcast. Hey, this is Shay Michelle. Oh, <laughs> this is one of those episodes where you're like, should we have even a on this? Because it's so, it's all over the place. Like Michelle's like, if you're not, if, you're, if you just listen, she'll move her hands around. Like it's everywhere. There are so many opinions on this, but I think we should just start with basics. Like the basic definitions. You're know, like, what is nationalism? Because, you know, when we're looking at Christian nationalism, we're looking at two words. Well, Christian, hello. You know, we are those who believe that God or Jesus, right, died on a cross was buried and rose again for our sins, you know, we received Jesus Christ, we believe in those things, then we are then, you know, brought into the family of God and we're a Christian. That's, that's an easy one, you know, for most of us, it's, it's, right. a, it's an easy one. Um, but when we look at this, we start looking at like nationalism and it's a sense of loyalty and commitment to one's country and it includes belief that the country ought to be self-governed, pursue self-interests and encourage shared cultural attributes. Uh, so that's nationalism. Right. I mean, hey, nothing wrong with, with being someone from your own country, being proud of your country, saying, hey, look, I'm I'm a U.S. citizen. And that's cool. Um, here in this definition, it says nationalism invokes national identity and a superior feeling towards one is one's own nation. People are proud of their country. They're like, "Hey, this is where I'm from. I'm from yeah. Kenya. I'm from Brazil." There are people out there, of course, that are that are in oppression and all that stuff in their countries that probably aren't aren't proud to be under that rule, but they're still proud to be that people. Yeah. Um, but when we look at Christian nationalism, by definition, now. This is, this is not what 100 people have, have thrown down.
0: And I will also add in that in my nine or 10 pages of notes, I have multiple definitions of Christian nationalism. So don't take this definition or any of the others to heart because that's part of right. the trickiness of even talking about it.
1: I found the most basic. Okay. The most basic. Let's see what you Okay, got. here we go. I'm, I'm going to throw this out to y'all. Christian nationalism is a Christianity affiliated religious nationalism. <laughs> How confusing. So, Chris, so Christian nationalism,
0: guys, is Christian nationalism. Right, bitch. right, right, right. But watch this. Okay. But it says Christian
1: nationalists primarily focus on internal policies, okay? Such as passing laws that reflect their their view of Christianity and its role in political and social life. Mm-hmm. I would say that I would agree with that in the sense of hey, I know there's things that I believe as a Christian. I believe that these are the things that the morals that the Bible lays down for me and that would be the things that I would want to change, advocate for or or vote for. Right. Um, you know, we all know this as Christians that when we go to the polls we vote for the things that we believe go, go in line with what the Bible says. Right. So that's a very basic one because I didn't want to really get deep into all this other stuff because when you start getting into the weeds of this, you start getting into man's opinion. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so I got into man's opinion.
1: <laughs> because don't we
0: just encounter men and opinions all day, right? And so I think that that's what gets us all confused. And But, but at the same time, amidst all these notes, I think what we decided to do is... Because we want to give this a fair shake. We want to look at it biblically. We don't want to completely toss out any anything unless it's supposed to be tossed out based on God's word. And we're not here to tell you that, well, we're not here to tell you what you should or shouldn't do outside of the Bible. So we're taking different facets of this and extracting it, looking at that thing against the word and then bouncing back in and pulling something else out of the Christian nationalist bag of fun and giggles and seeing what that is about because there's different facets of people, um, different definitions. A lot of people that have come and risen up as like authorities on the issue because they've published a book on it, defining it in one way Mm. and saying what it is and is not. And then there's the people that I like to say, the people on the ground, the people that are reading, consuming, cheering, or reading, consuming, and lambasting this concept. And they have very different definitions and ideas. And I think that in a world of social media, you have to grapple with the minutia like that sometimes. Because if you don't, calibrate your language you're not gonna like you won't be able to communicate with someone else so that's why we're like let's all go back to the basics we all have the bible and let's let's dig in there and, and
1: let's jump on our first verse because mm-hmm. i think it's, it's this is where this stems okay yeah. a lot of this stems because we've been given a calling uh we've been given a a mission statement mm-hmm. for our belief in christ and so matthew 28:19 says go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the, and of the Holy Spirit. Now I'm going to chime in on theology. Mm-hmm. Depending on your theological take on the Bible, and that it has multiple layers <laughs> to it, that one verse alone could mean different things. Exactly. To those who believe you know, in different kinds of the tribulation and, and in times and the prophecies uh, down to... You know, individual tra- uh, translations of of how these or revelations of how these are laid out, but we do know that we are called to go out and share the gospel. Right. We do know that the gospel is is, f- and I'm going to say this because I'm very confident on this that the gospel is an individual, an individual undertaking. In other words, I receive the gospel; it changes my heart. Now. I could be in a community that has a huge transition into, you know, in, into being Christ followers. Right. Well, by that, I would say, let's say I'm in a village like we see here of, of missionaries who go to villages and or, or a village brings the gospel back to their own village. The next thing you know, the whole village believes in Jesus. Right. right. Well, we have then changed that group. Yes. or we haven't excuse me Christ has changed that right. group and now there is a different morality that is being played out which would be biblical morality right. um but then so we take out the, we take this this verse and we did do a poll on Twitter uh, on, on on the on my account uh, and it was interesting because really we just asked is Christian nationalism biblical mm-hmm. um out of this poll there was 200 people who chimed in. Which is awesome. Uh 20% said yes, fifty-four percent said no, seven percent said partially, and nineteen percent were just like, I don't know. I don't know. Which right there tells you, yeah, okay, you might see no as being a little strong in the fifty-four percent, but that's also on a Twitter account that people follow me, so who knows? Right. You know, like like if it's gotten out to masses or not. Right. But what we do see is there's even people that sit there and say, I don't even know. Right. I'm not sure about this. I mean, and in this, in this, there's a lot of comments. And so you get a lot of these comments. It's like one person said, in my sense, if it's earthly nationalism in terms of politics, it's gouging scripture to twist an opposing beliefs arm in turn can lead to people not wanting to associate associate with Christ due to a particular party's actions. Okay, you know, fine. I can get get behind that. God himself divided the world into nation states for a good reason. The gospel of Jesus Christ has not changed that. So why not Christian nationalism? If not Christian, then what? I see no problem between love for God and for country. Don't listen to globalists.
0: (laughs) Okay, this one says, it depends on how you define the term. People who use the term tend to be extremely disingenuous, knowing full well it has a very pejorative tone. There's nothing wrong with loving God and your country. Those that use the term just don't like Christian conservative policies.
1: So you see, we're we're going in in a lot of different directions here. We're seeing that a lot of things, but then there's one that comes in and here comes the theology, right? It's like. Anytime humans try to institute the kingdom of God on this earth, it never turns out well. I'm waiting for Jesus to do it himself when he returns after Daniel's 70th week. Right there, there's going to be people that say, well, I mean, that's already happened. Or right. when is that going to happen? Or do you have that downright? Right. And so it, it's very hard when you go to the web or you go to social media to really define Christian nationalism for for the terminology, you have a, a side that just completely says that anyone who is conservative, it believes in God is a Christian nationalist, and they just want to oppress. Right. And so you have all these opinions.
0: Right. So if you've been listening to us for a long time you know that we have a presence on gab and by being on gab we've had a pulse on christian nationalism for a lot longer than that book that just came out and for a lot longer than this past election that happened just a few days ago and so we've been reading and i've had tabs open for a long time some tabs were no longer working by the time i went back to them because we knew we were trying to really get a pulse on this give it a fair shake so I'll be quoting a lot of people from Gab because that's one of the places where people, it's like a think tank right now of like to define it, to argue it, to counter it, to challenge it, to critique it, to build it, to develop it, all these things. So the first question that I think is very important based on, I will, I will own it, four years of research, y'all. Here's the first question. Is this a Trump follower thing? No. I think that there are definitely Trump followers that are a big, like, high-powered engine behind this thing. But there's also a lot of people who are disillusioned by our 45th president that are disappointed, let down, or were never trusting of him to begin with that are also in this camp. So this is not a Republican, conservative, like, vote-red kind of movement. Actually, it's a lot of people who are sick of that mixed with a lot of people who do love that. I've seen a lot of both. So there's people who are like, we are past party lines. All the parties can't be trusted. We need real Christians in there. And there's other people who are like, please, dear God, vote red. And you see both. And you see both in large numbers. So this is not just what I would say media often says, it's just a Trump follower, Trump worshiper kind of thing. That's not what this is. Uh, But it's important to ground yourself there because so much of the world still centers around this man for God knows why. Uh, so I think what to, to take a step back and go back to GAB, I like to call Christian nationalism and my experience for the last four years the tale of three Andrews. Mm. And the reason why is because there are three men of God named Andrew, and they're on different sides of this issue. You have Andrew Isker and Andrew Torba. You might have heard of Andrew Torba's name before. He's the founder of GAB, um, which is undoubtedly one of the most the freest speech platforms on the internet right now um he is a christian and him and andrew isker co-wrote the christian nationalism book that has a lot of people talking um and got a lot of you know everyone was waiting on the book so they could finally either celebrate the book or beat it to heck now that they can quote something tangible Um, and on the other side you have andrew horvall who is the gospel podcast Host, And he is completely and totally against right. their definition of Christian nationalism. And so I've been watching. Um, shout out to all three of them because they really are, are doing a lot of conversing and making us really <laughs> hammer this out. Um, Andrew Horvall, a lot of his stuff after a set number of days goes behind a paywall. He deletes a lot of his comments. So I don't have all the wonderful quotes that I was going to use because he actually is against a lot of Christian nationalism by the way people define it. The other two, I have a lot more quotes, even though they also delete stuff. Everyone on Gab is like, <laughs> they're treating it like Instagram. can only have nine posts at a time. And I'm like, guys, we're we're, we're past that. We're not, you know, we're not about <laughs> no that. No longevity there. Right, like, I'm like, y'all, I know the internet is forever and you're trying to combat that, but like, I'd like to have some quotes. But anyway, so here are some sentiments like you had from Twitter that like these awesome yeah. firsthand feedback. So Andrew Torba. His pinned gab post is unapologetic Christian nationalism is what will save the United States of America because only Jesus can save America. Now, he said many other things. Many of them get deleted and, re- you know, he, he regabs a lot of people in there. However, that's his sentiment. That is that is like the easiest way to understand where this guy is coming from. Now, Andrew Isker, who's the co-author um, that I would say is less known, but he's 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 out there he um he helps us better understand what the heck him and andrew other andrew um say it is they say the goal of christian nationalism isn't imposing christianity on anybody but having a nation governed by christians who are unafraid to govern as christians again and and there is a sentiment in a lot of people who who do say that they are Christian nationalists, who do want to impose a harder lifestyle on those who do not accept Christ as their savior. That's not biblical. Mm. That's not okay. Right. Um, I mean, they're pretty much, here's the the spoiler, anyone who doesn't have Christ already has a harder lifestyle imposed on themselves, whether or not they feel like they're living it up, and whether or not they're hurting anybody around, they have a harder lifestyle because they're on their way to hell. And they don't have the holy spirit so life's dull right Mm. they're already building and digging their own grave so legalizing their disenfranchisement (laughs) you know is no different than anything anything else but they're claiming here right the people who wrote the book are saying the goal is not to force beliefs on anybody
1: Mm. And, and but that's good, right? I I one hundred percent agree with that. <laughs> right. uh, I, I know you were reading the first statement, and you know Isaiah uh, forty three eleven comes to the I am the Lord, and besides me, there's no savior. Right. Um, when we start putting everything into man's hands, like here's another. I have another problem with this. When when there's an idea out there that that people think that man is going to put us into a position to be seen right by God that is another problem with this. Now I like what they're saying that, look, we can try to put people into positions of power that are Christ centered, you know, uh, you know, but then of course there's always oh, there's, I have these battles all the time so this is what this is going to be for y'all because <laughs> it's yeah. going to be my battle and, 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 and Michelle's battle and how we're dissecting this you know I sit there and I'm not saying that any there's nothing imp- impossible for God okay right. but when I sit there and I think okay we got to find these politicians that are going to come in here and they're going to you know they're going to be Christ centered what's that second quote say the one that says that they need to be Christ something like
0: Christians who are unafraid to govern as Christians
1: unafraid to govern as Christians see standing up on a platform with someone Google searching you to find out you're a Christian is not what I see <laughs> as a helpful thing, okay? Uh, in this idea to turn this nation, some of these ideas that I'm, I'm hearing and I'm going through are hardcore ideas mm-hmm. that do not apply to this, Right, that are applying to the idea. So watch this. Well, when we took Bibles and prayer out of schools, that's why we're in trouble. We need to put Bibles and prayers back in schools. I'm sorry. I start to have a problem when they think that they need to impose Christianity onto everyone. I don't like the idea that there are things being imposed from the other side onto our children.
0: Right.
1: Um, Now, Granted, you can sit there and say, well, if they're doing it, we should be able to do it. Okay. But I'm trying to speak from. Well, if
0: they fornicate, I don't want to.
1: Right. Right. (laughs) So I'm trying to do this from this point of view. But that's kind of what I see. I see this like, I need to like, we need to take this country over. We need to force Christianity. We need to make sure that they're praying in the schools. This is not before and after school program talk. Right. This is, we need to start our days out in the schools with prayer and with Bible. Right. And I'm like, hold on a second. Hold on a second. We're America. We're a democracy. This is freedom, mm-hmm. and freedom means that okay, our four, the forefathers that everybody wants to talk about that were deists. Um, so that in itself has its own rabbit hole to chase down. Mm-hmm. But it's like okay, they they came in and they said, hold on, you freedom of religion. So here I am trying to trying to justify like in my mind I can't justify saying I'm going to make the little Jewish kid or the little Muslim kid, or the little atheist who's raised in an atheist home kid, sit there and, and, and just be pounded with prayer and with Bible. right? Because what does that do?
0: Right, it's not showing this loving kindness. Now, sharing the truth yes. is love. But I think that when we try to take, this is, again, <laughs> going back to last season, we had less listeners last season when we were talking about going and telling the gospel, right. the, the individual responsibility of going and sharing the gospel with those around you, even if it's hard, scary, annoying, frustrating, even if you don't really, if, if it's really hard and you don't like them, going and telling them the gospel anyway, loving them as your neighbor, loving them as yourself, taking care of them as the gospel says, we got less views, we got right. less downloads, right? This, and then we come in and we start talking about this four-walled building and what it's doing wrong. And we get more listens again. We start charting again. This is a telling thing where all our hope, not all our hope, but a lot of hope is getting placed in these baskets. And we're saying that the people in positions of worldly power, whether or not they're Christian, just the position itself, whoever sits in that little place, that position has more power than the everyday Christian, right. going out and doing what God told them to do, which is share the gospel. Because if the transformation of your heart comes from the gospel, right? In 1 Corinthians, it says that God works through us. I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made right. it grow. We, God uses us. He works through us, whether or right. not we're in a position of power. Would that be a shortcut? Would that be real fast? Would that be expedient? Maybe. Would it make our lives easier if we could sit back just knowing everyone gets a Bible given to them as a textbook at the public school? Maybe. But would it change any more hearts than you because you have been commissioned as much as I have to go share the gospel with other people? And so this pattern of relying on someone else or an establishment or a policy or a procedure to get the job done because as individuals, and as local church bodies we haven't, that's an underlying issue, and if that's why we're Christian nationalists, mm. right, and I'm not saying this is every Christian nationalist out there, but if that's why a person says they're a Christian nationalist, because they want a four-walled thing, and a person with a title in front of their name to be doing more than they themselves can do, that's a hard issue.
1: Right, uh, and, and, and let's take this farther. Okay, look, I pray for, for leaders who stand on a platform of Christ, that that is their, their moral foundation is Christ. Um, But again, we have 435 seats in the house. Mm -hmm. You know, I I look at government. It was like, I got 435 seats in the house. Praise God if one guy goes in and starts evangelizing the House of Representatives Mm -hmm. and we see people, one person, even take their life over to Christ. Praise God. That is what this is all about. So let's get into the Bible a little bit here because we've been talking a lot of just like what the world is saying, right? Christians are obligated to individually submit to the will of God. That's Romans 12, 1, right? We are supposed to support one another along those lines, right? John 15, 12. Uh, We are to advocate for government actions consistent with a Christian worldview. Proverbs 14, 34. These are verses that are coming out saying, hey, we have a a position. There are things that we should do. Hey, look, if you're not happy with what's going on in in your town from the other side, there's nothing wrong with speaking up. There's nothing wrong with going into one of those council meetings. I don't know all this stuff, but a council meeting and say, hey, look, I don't believe in these principles. Mm-hmm. I think that these principles should be based off this, this moral, uh, the, the, the Christian worldview. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that to advocate, to be a part of, to participate. Because honestly, let's just admit it as Christians, the things that we see today, it's like it crushes us. It doesn't just crush me because my family is going to have to experience it. It crushes me because individuals, like Michelle said at the beginning of this, are on a destination. And I want nobody to go there. I don't want anyone to go. I would love the whole world to be able to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. Ain't going to happen. But I'm saying that's the heart of this. So when Christ comes in, it changes our hearts. So again, let's keep going. Defying. Okay. But watch this. A Christian's relationship to government is submissive. Romans 13. 1, right but watch this defying government commands or defy government commands to commit sin. Acts five 29, right? A believer's primary mission is not earthly, let alone political. John 1836. Let's look at that real quick. Uh, Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. I mean, that's, And then, you know, you got the people who fight like, okay well, you know, the Bible says as it is on earth, as it is in heaven. And we're supposed to have this heavenly realm here. But again, I sit there and I question that. I'm like, hold on a second with our beliefs. See, I see a trajectory that's going down. I don't see a trajectory that's going up. I see a trajectory that's going down that is going to present Jesus in the way that Jesus is presented in the Bible who's going to come for us. So when I look at it in that sense I'm like, okay I understand this we want better things I hate seeing society the way it is I hate having to be a participant to, to walk out my front door and be a part of the society sometimes but I love the society mm-hmm. in the sense that God tells me to love them to love my neighbor I want to go out there and I want to share the gospel so that maybe their hearts will be changed. Mm-hmm. We need in our own hearts to be able to experience those things that have been promised to us from our heavenly kingdom Mm -hmm. to feel proud. And I'm saying that not in a prideful way, but feel proud when our nation does right, (laughs) right? It's not wrong to seeing, it's anthems with joy if that's what you want to do, right? But watch this. If you don't want to do it, I'm not going to beat you up. That's your choice. Right. Because I believe in freedom. Right. I believe in freedom. I believe that people need to make a choice. I believe that people need to make a choice for God. So, what's wrong with this? However, when, when we allow nationalism to displace our first loyalties to Christ, we're in trouble. We are in trouble when we start thinking that Trump is going to do it, or Biden, or what's that dude in Florida? DeSantis. DeSantis, uh, <laughs> DeSantis or, or any other politician mm-hmm. that's in all of this. Right. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we've been born into God's family. That, that, is, that is our kingdom. And that's Philippians 3.20. And we have to live with this awareness that the things of the earth are temporary, including nations, governments, and material goods. Mm-hmm. This is temporary. And that, you can find that Hebrews 11, 15 through 16.
0: Yeah, there's actually an interesting. Um, so a critique came out and I have a critique for the critique. Yay. Um, the It's I call it the Pennsylvania clergy letter. And it was <laughs> a letter from some people who, you know. They have their own slant. I will leave it at that. You can look into who signed it and, you know, you might have different opinions. But anyway, um, so they came out against Christian nationalism. There's so many different ways of looking at it and arguing it and and walking in it that you could very well and very easily, based on who you've met, uh, agree or disagree with it. But I disagree with the their rationale mm. on why this doesn't work because it shows an equally dangerous mindset that falls into very similar traps mm. as Christian nationalism can fall into, depending. Um, so one of the things they say is, and I agree with this part, it can replace true faith in God with faith in a Christian government that would oppress other religious traditions, as well as Christians of differing theological mindsets. So mm. the question can come in, again, this is another honest critique, Whose theology wins? We've had an episode this season, Theology Wars, Many Christians Cannot Agree. And if we start to allow people in that, because not everyone's on the same page. So if some people are like, yeah, it's not about that. And other people are like, no, it totally is. We need to enact biblical law as the law of the land and now the person who thinks stoning is still okay is opposed with the person over here who's like no we have to we have to ban baby baptisms and the person over here we have to definitely allow this we have and you know so now so now you're at a different level
1: on on that real fast real fast because that is another thing that i see in in this dividing line you see the people who are going from the New Testament I- idea and the Old Testament idea. Right. That in the Old Testament, God sent you know the Israelites out and they were conquering all these people and making a place for themselves. Yes. And then you've got the New Testament side that says, okay, that was the Old Testament. Right. Now it's it, we've downed that to an individual level of salvation and yes. and building a kingdom.
0: Yes, because the Old yeah. Testament was very like the physical representation of something that would then become something indestructible and untouchable by the physical in the New Testament. And what do I mean by that? The temple in the Old Testament, physical place, the temple now inside each right. and every believer. You know, back then the sacrificed literal physical animals all the time consistently. Now it was one physical sacrifice made for us that we now can partake and enjoy of, despite it not physically happening for us right this very minute. Um, you know the Holy Spirit going into a few people back then for a set n- period of time. Now it's in every believer, the seal of promise. So a lot of this, the the references of you know taking back and conquering, we keep going back to the Old Testament. Right. Um, that is another danger. If you're falling into that, you're you're extrapolating things in the wrong way. Um, and now here's here's the bigger issue. So it says here. Jesus teaches us there is no greater commandment than to love God and to love all our neighbors as ourselves. Good job, yes. Mm -hmm. If we do not love our neighbors, we do not know God. Okay, amen. How can we claim to love our neighbors of different faith traditions if we do not support their full participation in our commonwealth and the separation of church and state? (laughs) Anything less contradicts the teachings of Jesus Christ who rejected the devil's offer to rule over all the kingdoms of the world in Matthew 4.8. So what is in Matthew 4.8? Well, Matthew 4.8 on its own actually doesn't even address what they're talking about because in Matthew 4.8, it says, again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. Yes, I went King James just for all 'all. y'all. But that's not the full story, right? Because they're actually referring to what happens next. And and saith unto him, all these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. So Satan saying, fall down and worship me, and I'll give you all that you can see. Right? All to this Jesus, stuff. Right. To Jesus. Yep. Then saith Jesus unto him, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered mm. unto him. So here's the issue with them using this verse out of context by saying that you know he rejected the devil's offer to rule over all the kingdoms of the world. Well, here's here's the truth though, right? So Jesus is already king. Mm-hmm. And he was already promised by the rightful owner of all things to inherit all things. The throne. And so yep. therefore, he did the issue is not that the devil had the ability and authority to give him all things and he turned it down cuz he don't want to be in charge of all things. No, the issue is that Satan ain't the one. And if he had said, yeah, I'll take it from you, he's saying Satan owns it, not God. Right. And he's saying that he doesn't understand, that the, the word of God doesn't understand that it's already his to own. In 1 Corinthians 15, 22 through 26, it says, For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive, but each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits. Then at his coming, those who belong to him. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to the to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and every power. For he must reign, for Christ must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. And then in 1 Corinthians 3, so don't boast about following our particular human leader. Right. For everything belongs to you, believer. Right. Whether Paul or Apollos or Peter or the world or life and death or the present and the future, everything belongs to you, believer, and you belong to Christ and Christ belongs to God. So Christ is already king. 1 Corinthians 4, 8, 9, you think you already have everything you need. You think you are already rich. You have begun to reign in God's kingdom without us. I wish you were reigning already, (laughs) for then we would be reigning with you. What does that mean? Paul is saying, you ain't reigning yet. It's not our time. That doesn't mean a Christian cannot come into power. It doesn't mean a Christian nation can't happen. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is those who think the kingdom now theology, where it's our job to bring the kingdom down now, they're going against writing that it ain't happening yet. So what we really should be doing is earn, not earning, but owning our commission, doing our commission, winning people to Christ, mm. and yes, doing some of the very things that Christian nationalism is saying. You know, like sharing oh, the I, word and all this. But if you're falling into, that, ask why you're a fan of that and right. what you yourself are doing.
1: Right, I, I sit there and I and all these warning bells always go off when when I read some of those things like you've just read where power becomes instituted in man. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not by my might nor my power, but by the spirit says the Lord, um, everything comes through him. And so when we sit there in this idea and this biblical idea of what this really entails, you know, like we, we do it in so many other formats. God is my peace. God brings my joy. God is, is it gives me the peace, you know, that peace that surpasses all understanding. Repeat, but whatever, mm-hmm. and, and, and all of these other things that God does this, God brings this, God brings this, God brings this, and all of a sudden there's a shift over that we need to take this. Right. I'm like, hold up, <laughs> hold up. <laughs> Are we in the will of God? Mm-hmm. I have seen people in the past justify the 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 Christian wars mm-hmm. from Old Testament documents an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Our people were being persecuted. I'm sorry. The disciples were being persecuted. There is nowhere in scripture except submissiveness, unless complete law breaking. You know what I'm saying? but, But, you know, and we're like, no, that does not stand up against God's word. Right. But people went to their deaths for the gospel message because what were they trying to do? Reach people and every time someone would die or every time somebody would face persecution any time somebody would 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 hear this message in this testimony their lives would change and that life is here that that life that watch this we haven't even gotten to this part of, on the impact of the home right. we're, we're talking about changing our nation and we man <laughs> we want to put incorruptible seed people into politics to save the nation. And we we're putting corruptible seed into our into our minds and our hearts and our souls within our own home. But we want to change society. We want we want the governments to change society. We want man to be in a position to change society, to force things onto people to to say, hey, this is wrong. This is how it needs to be. But where did this all go wrong in our homes? This is totally off script right now, by the way, because this was not in my script. But I'm sitting here thinking about this today and I'm like, it started at home. God brought his kingdom into my heart. God brought his temple into my heart. Therefore, I need to push out the corruptible seed, bring in the incorruptible seed of Jesus Christ and his word and his message and change my home, change my next generation. How am I ever going to? change like generational change happens in generations mm-hmm. it's not immediacy we look for immediacy when we're when we're doing these things and we have to be really careful because we get caught up in all of these things sometimes we sit there and we look at national policy and it aligns perfectly with Christ, with biblical whatever and then subconsciously we start to think that national policy is something christian and it's not right and we get so excited oh here it goes but we have to understand something our nation didn't die for us. Christ died for us.
0: Right.
1: You now I don't care what you believe right now. You're Muslim. You're a Christian. Now you have to follow my Bible. You have to do what my Bible says. That's dangerous. That's evil. That's sinful. That's against God. That's against the free will of God. God brought freedom guys, America, the land of the free, but God, he brought freedom first. his sacrifice of his son Mm -hmm. even before that with Abraham you believe in me and you'll be free Mm -hmm. he brought freedom that God they believe that God desires Christians to rise to power and take over like we've been talking about here Mm -hmm. now again let's go to the positive side Christian nationalism don't get triggered every time you hear it
0: yes i I think that's that's a value that's a valuable that's a valuable advice right because when in researching because now the beautiful thing is the people who have written the books have now put out what it is and isn't right however a lot of the things that are that are involved are biblical things but they can this is yet another trap laden scenario because everything on this world is a trap-laden scenario for the christian because the whole point is to make us trip up and keep others from ever coming to christ in the first place that's the whole point of this world Mm. from satan's perspective but when you're looking at this you know they do say you know politicians that are unafraid to you know govern as christians now at the same time when you put somebody in a position of power there's a level of judgment that then comes with their position and it can get tricky now again it can get tricky even right now when we're not dominated by any mm. specific group of christians you know in in a political area of power in our country it's still an issue right now it's an issue for any human being right mm. but what does it say now it's amazing because 1 corinthians is really just packed full of stuff i keep quoting it cuz just read 1 <laughs> corinthians right. when you're when you're wondering about this but it says Um, It isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, but it certainly is your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning.
1: Mm.
0: We've gone over this before. That's very important because if your idea, if, if the person you're communicating with, if their idea is they want Christians in power so that those christians can then judge Mm. now this doesn't mean i mean like there are things absolute truth is absolute you unapologetically put it out there right Right. there's a lot of stuff that's not truth that's just out there for everybody's humiliation and we're all supposed to just lap it up like starving dogs however our first point is not to go about trying to govern the unbelievers because that kind of governance comes with levels of authority over them that when you are a christian it just makes it such a mess for you and it puts everyone in a weird place because you're supposed to be about the kingdom both expanding it by way of evangelism and servitude and also growing by discipleship the Mm. people that are within the kingdom already And when you're very busy on the outside trying, I mean, I know if if you're doing it, if you're trying to be in a political spot because you love the unbelievers and you see that they're riding themselves down into damnation and that they're chopping their children up in multiple different ways, mentally, physically, emotionally, and psychologically. Well, okay. I get that. That makes me hurt too. Mm. But the best way I've found to do that is to reach those families with the gospel. Right. Yes, of course, if you're in a right. position to vote for something that, that strikes certain capabilities away that are just incredibly sick and harmful, go for it. But whether or not something is legal, many people still do it because their hearts are sick, because there's sin. And there's someone on Gab, his name, um, he goes by the Berean pulpit on there. <laughs> and he says, what's the problem with America? Is it liberals, Republicans? democrats conservatives rhinos which are republicans in name only if you still think the above is the problem you're wrong the problem is sin and the solution isn't elections but repentance mm. it doesn't mean that you throw the baby out with the bath water and, and it's not christian to vote or it is christian to vote that's not the point point is what are you doing when it's not november right what are you doing when the polls are closed? <laughs> Back
1: to the corruptible you know? seed. Right,
0: it? right. He, again, he said, believers better wake up. I'm telling you, and you don't need to be a prophet to see it. We will be enemies of this world, and we will yeah. be persecuted for his namesake. Right. Stop fighting wars of fixing this sinful cesspool, and repentance mm. is the only solution. Who is your God? Is it politics? Is it money? Is it education? Is it popularity? Or have you submitted to Christ? Our warfare is spiritual, And the constant fighting to save America is futile. If people fail to repent and submit, they will die a second death. Mm. Every nation is based on someone's values. So the solution is also not to just wipe your hands of everything and throw away the blessing God has given you with citizenship of some country because our listeners are not just American. Right. it's not, like, if he's given you the ability to do something that could help change by voting, by uh, volunteering, by being engaged, you know, that's that's not the problem, but but it it's important to know that everyone runs by something. So they say separation of church and state, they just run a different church. I don't wanna call secularism and humanism and all that stuff a church, but for a lack of a better term right now, to get the point across, a different religion is running things right now. So the solution is not to say, oh, well, you know, I got to keep ch- church and state apart. No, there is a religion running things. If everybody, I think it was got questions, it said, yeah. like, it, "It, whatever you believe, it enforces it, it's going to dictate how you vote for things. Right. It's going to dictate yeah, what you absolutely. buy. It's going to dictate what you watch. <clears throat> it's it's going to you dictate shop. your life. Yeah. What you believe right. shapes your reality. Right. Right? So right now christians who use their beliefs and convictions to do anything could quickly become called a christian nationalist and so most people that are being called christian nationalists for voting or living a christian life right now they might just adopt the name and say yeah i am If, if what it is is me using my mind to make a choice well, then, heck, yeah, I am, right? Mm. Which makes this even more confusing <laughs> since it's a weaponized term being slung yeah. around at every Christian who votes in a way people don't like. Well, then, right. now the definition but, I mean, expands that, and gets blurry. <laughs>
1: that, that goes all sorts of ways. <laughs> if you vote in a way that so, But what happened back to my day when everybody just secretly voted? Now they just p- plastered out Satan on Satan realized right? <laughs> if
0: everyone got real open about it, he'd have a vacation. Oh, my
1: gosh, that dude has a vacation. That dude's like... Never mind. That'd be blasphemy because I don't know what he's really doing. But, <laughs> but but I like I like I like what you're you're saying and 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 going back into those references of what we think and what we do and and there's a couple of things in there like when we think of the founding you know the people who founded this thing you know when we talk about freedom of religion that isn't that isn't in the Constitution of 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 this United States um, freedom of religion is freedom of religion. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to remember that, they, that there was a break off of an oppress, oppressed religion. And that's the whole idea of moving away. You know, whether that's the idea, but that was the idea that we hear and that's what we we get. Right. Um, but remember what I said earlier. Don't confuse. Don't confuse what nations put into policy <laughs> as Christian uh, worldview.
0: Right.
1: Because freedom of religion Though God, if you want to go old testament, God went after all the other religions. God still goes after all of the other religions and says they don't add up, they're nothing. So so you gotta understand that. So that's number one. Uh and then number two, as you were reading, something came to my mind going back to that one 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 statement in the Twitter, right? It said, is gouging um in in my sense, if it is earthly national, if earth if it's earth, earthly nationalism in terms of politics, it is gouging scripture to twist an oppo- opposing beliefs arm in turn can lead to people not wanting to associate with Christ due to a particular party's actions. Um, Kenya,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and this is I think we'll kind of start wrapping this up, right? Um, we'll get on your last topic some points, but Kenya, Bible in the Constitution, is a Christian nation. Like, like we, by definition. By definition. In fact, a lot of presidents claim Christianity, and the most recent one, praise from praise from his 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 podium. He quotes Bible verse from his podium. But let me tell you what's going on in the undercurrent of Kenya, of falling away, of falling away from Christ. Mm-hmm. So even if we we think that that is what's going to fix our society and our culture and all of these things. It's not because the hearts of the people that are still in that culture in those societies have not changed and they do not have Jesus Christ. And that is where our focus needs to be. We, we, we went back to this in our last season. Look, evangelism, sharing the word of God, sharing our testimony, sharing our stories, uh, sharing the word of God that has power, right? Mm-hmm. When we share it, having it on our hearts, Changing our homes, changing the way we live in our homes, changing how we, we progress in our homes to change our children, their children maybe, mm-hmm. their children's children, right? Because that is where this battle is being fought, is in our hearts, in our minds, and in our souls.
0: That's a perfect example because you've actually been there for, for so many years. Um, the way that they treat people mm-hmm. who are unbelievers. Right is often not in alignment with scripture so the term christian nationalism or having a christian nation doesn't guarantee salvation but having loving christians around you has a much stronger case for success because when you look at the word when you look at scripture did the law ever win souls to christ no like david loved the law he, he, he would ruminate on it all the time. He would marinate on it. He would think about it. But was the law something that the people used to love on each other? Or every time in the New Testament, in the Gospels, in the Epistles, you see the law being twisted by our broken humanity as a reason mm. to hate people, right. to destroy people kill people to kill people (laughs) to kill people that's why people that are not for christian nationalism are scared because the history behind any time christianity in the hands of men gets an upper hand has not been the most encouraging now at the same time when you start really reading the word of god in the midst of oppression against christians amazing things happen so if the only reason that you're for, the primary reason for being for Christian nationalism is a fear of oppression, then we need to re- reevaluate ourselves again in 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians 4, Paul is saying our dedication to Christ makes us look like fools. But you claim to be so wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are so powerful. You are honored, but we are ridiculed. Even now we go hungry and thirsty and we don't have enough clothes to keep warm. We are often beaten and have no home. We work warily with our own hands to earn our living. We bless those who curse us. We are patient with those who abuse us. We appeal gently when evil things are said about us. Yet we are treated like the world's garbage. Like everybody's trash, right up to the present moment. Mm. I am not writing these things to shame you, but to warn you as my beloved children. Mm. Of course, none of us want to be dragged out of our homes for praising the Lord. None of us want to be thrown in a lion's den for praying to God. Are we getting distracted? with the political side and winning a political war yeah. to delay the persecution. Is that distracting us from the day to day message? And I do want to throw a bone, right? Cause I'm not, I'm not coming to just beat, beat on this. Okay. Um, so Shane, I'm going to butcher his last name, Shatzel. He wrote the opening of the Christian nationalism book for Andrew and Andrew, Right. And he said, it's Christian, which means belief and trust in Jesus Christ. And it's nationalist, which means it's not globalist, but rather focuses around patriotism for one's country, localism and traditional values. He said, Christian nationalism is not forcing people to be Christians, making people join a certain church, coercing people to do Christian things, turning the state into a theocracy or turning some politician into a messianic figure. Whether or not they say they're a Christian nationalist, if any of those... Or in the heart of someone, they're they're falling into a trap. Now, his list, I'm going to link it in the show notes. His list is very long of what a Christian nationalist is. It says you would need to do some or most of the following. I'm going to pick a few. Be involved in your church and work toward building it up and making it as strong as it can be. You should definitely be supporting your church financially. Put your money where your mouth is. Share the gospel of Jesus Christ with people who don't go to church and try to get them to go to your church if you can. Help Christian businesses within your church and outside of it by using their services before anything else work together with other christians to create cooperatively owned businesses that can competitively take on non-christian businesses in your area Uh, homeschool your kids or support christian or co-op schools get directly involved in the school board especially if you have to use public schools only vote for practicing christians to serve on the school board you should know where they go to church and how active they are there he says, focus on local and state politics, almost exclusively federal politics should be the least interesting to you. I think right now we're all putting all the votes in that hat. But if we're loving our neighbor, then we should really care about the person next door and how well their life is. And so if, you're, if you insist on being in politics, focusing on the local ones that could actually impact right. the people you're trying to serve, and then also more than that, focus on how you can locally serve them yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, It says, support any law or constitutional amendment that would bring power back to the states. Uh, Support any law that protects the rights of parents in raising their children. Work toward getting your state to eventually declare Jesus as king while retaining its Republican form of government. (laughs) So it gets a little more and more political as you go on. And I'll let you guys read that over. And I would challenge you guys to be Bereans about each and everything on that list and see. Because I'm not saying he's right. I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm laying out what they say. There's another group, Christian Nationalists of America, and their mission is to evangelize, educate, and activate men and women across the US to become strong Christian patriots, right? So there's that add-in, there's- Ooh, there's, there's, there's that like another content, trigger word that I, we could talk know, another, another hour pa- on from. Yeah, yeah um, anyways. <laughs> and it says that through prayer and action we will make America a great nation guided by the light of Christ. I think <laughs> the goal is always to make our nation yes. greater. Yes. Um, and they give, they give,
1: don't, don't get give, caught on these terms, yeah, y'all, they please. Give,
0: they give credit where it's due. Like, oh, you know, but only through Christ. Right. Um, but there's a passion behind this. And it's very large. It's like, I'm really, really, really excited about this forest. I'm going to keep this for This forest is going to be a great forest. Mm. Um, it's going to be the best forest ever because of Jesus. And then a lot of people, not all. But a lot of people are going to focus so much on that forest, but they're never going to bother to go in and get to know those trees and see what diseases are in those trees, what bugs are infesting those trees, and how to actually get those trees healthy. They're just focused on the forest. Mm. And God calls us to go after, like him, right? We're supposed to be like him. He goes after the one. So that seems so slow that seems so frustratingly Mm. slow that seems like so ineffective when the tide seems to be so aggressive in the other direction however if every christian decided to make one other person their quote unquote pet project of loving and 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 girding them with christ we'd be unstoppable in a different sense we would be a danger to the devil in a different sense because making the nation christian. We aren't like okay, the United States flag has Jesus Christ as its savior. That's great. We'll see that flag flying in heaven then. But what about all the people that walked around in the nation where that flag flew? We, right. Will we see them? And that's and that's a very that's a right. very valid question.
1: Right. Good stuff. Good Christian
0: stuff. nationalism is it
1: biblical? I want to. I, I, I want to. F- I'm gonna throw <laughs> a blanket statement down because look, we we so we've covered a lot here. We've covered a bunch of sides. We've covered the side that okay, say a Christian, you know, it becomes a completely Christian, biblical everything. All laws are written by biblical law and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm sorry, my Berean friends, my 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 Armenian friends, my Calvinist friends, my Hebrew roots friends. How y'all gonna agree? That's number one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and number two look there's nothing wrong with loving where you're from it's okay this is where God this is where God placed me this was his plan I'm cool with it I'm cool with it I'm cool with wanting to advocate for for I mean good things to do is advocate for for a Christian worldview Mm -hmm. it it is a good thing Um, and there is no good thing in extremism (laughs) I'm sorry extremism I've gotten in battles on that but look Every time the word extremist is used, it's never used in a good term. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's
0: actually part of a false dichotomy. Right. I have to step in real quick with okay, like that. Yeah. There's a false dichotomy. We learned about it this semester in apologetics. Yeah. A lot of people think there's the do whatever side of the spectrum, and on the other side is these extremists that are all about the law and legalism and, and, and you're going to die and burn in hell and like don't talk to nobody right. and it's Christian only. That's a false dichotomy of the devil. They're both wrong. The do-whatever crowd, wrong. The hyper-legalist crowd, right. extremism, crazy, wrong. Right. The truth is being like Christ. That's the real extremist. You're there, extremely the, like there Christ. There you go. And everyone's going to look at you funny, but it's going to be for a different reason.
1: Right. I, I get behind that. Mm-hmm. That's good. Good clarification. Yeah. But I'm going to throw down a blanket statement because here at the end of the day, whether this nation becomes <laughs> a nation run by Christians or this nation does not be a combination is run by Christians. Our hope is in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Second Corinthians 2, 4-4, four, 4 second Corinthians 4, 16-18, right? Therefore, we do not lose heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Mm-hmm. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So it doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> At the end of the day, right. this whole fight, the whole, whatever battle that's going on, all of the confusion, confusion of the devil. Um, don't let it rip
0: up your church. Don't,
1: don't let it rip up your church. Don't let it rip up your life, your <laughs> right. health, your right. joy, your peace. Um, don't let it uh, s- smother your grace and your mercy. Right. Mm-hmm live in the word of God, because that is our hope. Mm -hmm. He he says it. He said, no matter what happens, you're mine. You're my kingdom. You're my ambassadors. Mm -hmm. And he will take care of us. It might not necessarily be here. It'll definitely be there. Mm -hmm. But hey, why not just live a better life now? (laughs) Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: All right, y'all. Lots of (laughs) verses and lots of links in the show notes this week. So shout out Josiah. Josiah. Show him a little love in your prayers this week, as well as check it out so that you can be a Berean in all things. Remember, you can support the show, patreon.com slash the pantry podcast. It can definitely help us get around some paywalls to do some deeper research in the future since that's a new thing. So until next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. Subscribe wherever you podcast and catch other great shows on the Edify app, Spark Radio, Spark Network on Uplifted, and Eternity Ready Radio.